Hello, Cyclocross friends, and thanks for tuning in to episode 319 of Cyclocross Radio. On this show, we're overanalyzing Hogerheide, the final World Cup that took place this past Sunday, and what it means for the World Championships in Tabor that are happening later this week. I'm still in Europe. Michael and Zach are in the U.S., but we were able to squeeze in an early morning for them, uh, early morning <laughs> record. And uh, yeah, we overanalyzed the heck out of what happened at Hogerheide. Before we get into that conversation, I'm going to tell you the things I tell you in this spot. First off, the Wide Angle Podium Podcast Network. We would love to have you as a member of that network. You can go to wideanglepodium.com and you can help support this show and all of the other podcasts on the network. Also, on the last episode in my intro, I put a call out for freelance contributors to the CX Hairs Bulletin. Great response to that. Thank you all so much. It really looks like we're going to be seeing some new voices in the bulletin in the weeks to come. Uh, If you missed that and you have any interest in doing some freelance work for us over at the CX Hairs Bulletin, uh, send us an email at cxhairsbulletin at gmail.com and we can have that conversation. Also, if you are not a subscriber to the Bulletin, head on over to cxhairs.substack.com and sign up. Follow the bulletin, also become a subscriber, and then you can have access to the bulletin Slack channel where a lot of us get together, chat about cyclocross, and nerd out over the races. Okay. It's episode 319 of Cyclocross Radio. We got Michael and Zach in the media pit. We're overanalyzing the Hogerheide World Cup, and we're doing it right now we're back in the media pit we got a um afternoon record for me here in antwerp early morning record for uh for the guys there back in the back in the u.s um michael i i you were you were you were telling me that you're podcasting more important than golf it just warmed my heart yeah, no, I mean, I was, I was like looking at the weather. I was like, "Ooh, I'll get an early, early morning round with the old geezers." But then, dude, got to do the pre-world's podcast. That's golf is not at that level yet. Well, I'm, I'm excited for this show. Also, I love a morning recording. I think you could probably hear that, listeners. I've got my two cups of coffee. I'm jazzed. I'm looking at Zach. You're, you have two cups of coffee in already. Yeah, yeah. Wake up at six. Yeah. So, Bodie, my question is, how long until you start a golf podcast? Oh, you know, I actually had that thought recently. Um, of course you yeah, did, right? Yeah. Because I've, I've, I've had the thought about starting a volleyball podcast. Yeah. So it, it just, it's inevitable. It's what every middle-aged white man needs to do, right? Have multiple podcasts. Because everybody needs to know my opinion, especially on golf. But I have run... Because no one ever, no one has opinions on golf. That's, that is a sport that no one covers. I mean, that is rife for, for the pickings. I was telling Bill, just like in my foray into like sports golf coverage, I've learned about the Zacks and the Bills of golf a little bit. And that's been pretty fun that they have sub stacks that write about sort of like topics you're not aware of, not not covering just the front of the field, but also the back of the field. And it's 
it's been pretty fun actually. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of interesting like storylines there that I was not aware of before. There have to be some volleyball podcasts out there, Zach. I mean, with the amount of people that I see at these matches, it seems like it's it's moving into a top four sport in the country. No, it, you know, Bill. There really aren't. And I think it's like prime opportunity, but I'm so overstretched already. I 100% would start one because uh, I think there's a good opportunity to be somewhere. They're still in like the just do interviews and stuff, not the opinionating fun, you know, offer your great hot takes like we do kind. So I think there still is that niche. But I, unfortunately, it's during cyclocross season. If only people had arranged things differently. Is it like so established? a sport that the rules are just like solid in place. Nobody thinks anything should change or is it the same thing where, or they're just like sort of like other major sports out there where they're always just rules debates every year. Uh, it's almost perfect that you asked this question, Bill, because there Ooh. is a huge debate. They're talking about changing the rule about double contact. So that's like when the setter goes to set the ball, if you're not perfect, uh, they'll call it double contact, and it's a discretionary play. You can't review it, so it's very controversial. And they're talking about doing away with it on any double contact that stays on your side of the net to try to keep the ball playing and get rid of that. So it's hilarious that you asked that because it literally happened like three weeks ago. Amazing, I love it. Um, yeah. So once once your once your real jobby job workload goes down, we're definitely uh, going to be discussing the wide angle podium volleyball um, podcast. Um, Sounds good. Speaking of golf, should we talk about Hoogerheide? <laughs> Can the golf podcast get in there too? I already got a name, Four Speed. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm all I'm all for it. Uh let's um yeah, let's this this is a uh the the historic um let's overanalyze Hoogerheide going into worlds and I think that this iteration of Hoogerheide set up beautifully to do this. But um I, I'll leave it to you, Zach. Where do you, where do you want to start? Well, actually, Bill, I wanted to ask you first. You made an interesting point about the crowds. I was uh, watching it uh, with my my girlfriend, and I was like, oh, there's some people here, but let me show you some photos from how insane this was a year ago at the World Championship. So how was it? Because it was a good crowd. It wasn't a great crowd, it didn't look like, but it seemed weird. It must have been weird not seeing the billions of people. Right. And that's the problem that they have, right? Is that you have this venue that's getting, I, I guess, I think it was probably around nine or 10,000 people in it. And this is not <laughs> any, any shade on Hogerheide, but it looked empty almost. You know, it was still, it was still difficult to move or if you wanted to get near the, the fence, it, it was still hard. You, you were still going to be, you know, one or two people deep in a lot of it. But other than that, you could move around there really as easily as you wanted to, which was nothing compared to last year. Last year was just insane. It was just wall-to-wall people, you know, that is close. Well, no, it was more than anything I'd seen this year. But the the interesting thing about fans this year is I almost feel like what happened when I came back here for – um, Hama and Hogerheide is similar to what we see in the U.S. come like late November. It's like after curse period, I feel like the Belgian fans, the Belgian spectators all were like, we kind of had our fill. 
we're good with this. We showed up in mass, you know, Coke was banging. Zonhoven was off the charts. We, you know, Holst was insane. Havre was just like to the max. And it's like, we did it. And I think the problem, I think part of it is like, there's a little bit of a hangover, like nationals came and then Benidorm. So they had those two weeks off. So they're just kind of out of the, out of the cycle. And then I think the other problem is there were blue skies this weekend. And I just don't think people were in the, in the spirit of it because, you know, dare I say, maybe it wasn't real cyclocross weather. Well, that's it. Bill, I will say that I was thinking when I was watching the race and then you, I think you said this, uh, in, in the, in the slack, I was like, wow, you know, the, the winner of today is the photographers because that light looked really nice, um, during the, the women's and men's race. And, and then your pictures really showed that. And you know, that light was because of those, those clear skies, the sun able, was able to peek out at that low angle. So, um, I'm sorry. Cody, are you going to take a, are you going to take a cop out on my bit every week? I'm going to take a cop. Oh, is that a cop out? Okay. <laughs> Well, I don't know. You picked the memers last week. This week, you're picking the photographers. You're never. You're, I want you to go out on a limb, Pody. My challenge is to you: if that comes up today, <laughs> can you go out on a limb and pick a rider? That was so deftly done. I didn't even really realize that he was slipping in the winner of the weekend already. Nicely played. <laughs> hey, you know what? It's early, but I have some mental faculties. Uh, already right called now. out. Just I mean, I. Sh- I mean, lots of losers out there today. I mean, there's only two winners. So, I mean, plenty of losers. So, Bill, my other question is like, so I've never been to Hooger. I, I didn't get to go to Hoogerheide. What is that, the big thing that says like, welcome to Hoogerheide that looks kind of like, I don't know, it almost like could be like a dairy expo area or something. Did they just build a VIP center at this venue? Yeah, that's the, that is the VIP building that I believe I could be wrong, but I felt like there were like balconies, like it was almost two stories for worlds, but it's insane. It is the biggest VIP building, temporary building. It's gone now uh, that, that Audrey just built. Oh, that's every not year. permanent. They put that up every year. Yeah. They build that. That's from bonk. scratch. So it's like the stadium club. It's like the stadium club. Yes. Of Hoogerheide. Okay. Yeah. And I just, I feel like I'm sure he gets a great, deal on that the the race gets a great deal on that because i have to imagine that the cost of that (laughs) would take everything that they would make at that race it's just yeah it's it's pretty outrageous that's that's why that's why um they don't have anything left over for sandwiches uh in the media room (laughs) man you're going to too many good ones that you're getting you're getting baggy i will getting baggy and uh trying to be a choosy the vip area though i will say um there was some 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 parts some action played out because he had two sort of right hand turns right in front of the VIP area in like sort of muddy boggy area in both races I feel like those corners were difficult and sort of changed the dynamic of the races so I don't always feel like the VIP area has the best like vantage point of the race but it kind of worked out uh, this weekend. Well, it used to be that that's where the planks were. And, and that seemed that seemed to be. I feel like it's changed now, but that used to be the number one feature of a where do you put your VIP? Well, where do you put your planks? Is wherever the VIP tent is. You know, so they can stand out there, feel like they're cyclocrossing by watching <laughs> people dismount and run over them. I feel like now they're just so rote and fast, and nothing happens that that they decided to move them. 
and it was also it was supposed to be that strategic positioning at Hogerheide that we talked about so much last year when they moved them to that little uphill climb before before the um, the 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 off camber and the steps and it it doesn't really ever seem to play any um, any part into the race but uh, yeah so that that's good to hear Bodhi because. Um, to be honest, I didn't see any of that. Never went down there. Not the didn't seem on paper like the most exciting part of the course. No, I, visually not at all. Um, but yeah, it sort of sort of proved to be a sort of tricky spot. Uh, like I said, both men and the women, and sort of I kept note of that. I thought that was interesting. Well, one last uh, note that I, I will mention just on venue and everything like that. Uh, you know, we we talk a lot uh, about the usage of drones in in these races. Y'all, we are, we're now getting pushed out by the drones. We, the, the, the whole woods used to be kind of a photographer oasis where you could get away from, from fans. The public's not allowed back there. You could just sort of roam around, find some cool spots. No, we were limited to a very small corner on the other side of the barriers in that wooded area and could not go back into the woods this year because that was the drone zone. Did they fly a drone? I didn't hear a drone at all. I don't even know if there was a drone, but we were told. I don't told think there was. That was, was that was sort of there. my thought that. I thought I saw one near the end. They had the, they had a cable cam, point. right? Run, you saw that. Yes. Oh, maybe that's what. No, they got they a huge that, cable cam. Yeah, maybe they had some technical issues with the drone, but we got explicit instructions, verbal instructions in several languages telling us no go back in the woods. What? I'm curious their thought, like, or they don't want you in the shot, or they don't want to have the possibility of hitting a photographer. Is that? I think it's safety. Yeah, but yeah. it's also like they're following the riders, who they could also. I feel like um, they trust the riders more than they trust the the media pool. So by the time this will be posted, uh, Bolton subscribers will have hot off the presses the 100% certified, verified, genuine overreaction to Hoogerheide. Uh, th- this is the fourth year. We've been doing the Bolton a while, Bill. This is the fourth time that we've had races to overreact to. It's You've experienced this. You're at your like 15 or something. The years just keep adding up. And you're like, well, I've been doing this for a while. Um, but... I think the way I approached it was to say, okay, coming into before Benendorm, what did we expect the outcome for Worlds to be? And like, did our opinions change, right? So I feel like for the elite women, Femme's going to win. Puck is going to finish second. One of Brand or Alvarado is going to finish third. That, that Right? Do you guys disagree that that is the state of... Tell me I'm wrong on that, because that's my personal take on where things stood coming into Benendorm. Oh, coming in, going into Benendorm. Well, because we've got two weeks to we've got two weeks to to overreact. I mean, you can't ignore Benendorm. So, going into Benendorm, I mean, that was coming off nationals where Brand beat Puck. Um, I think, I think, but Puck won on the Bodie inspired like four race winning. She did too, though. You can't forget. And that. then, but now if we're going to overreact even more to Hogerheide, I mean, she finished outside. The podium and i mean i think i'm slotting brand into like second spot there like i'm you are so you're gonna are you overreacting are you changing your your world's pick or this is your you're going all in puck had a bad day her stonk is crashing i'm, I'm going in on puck's peak has passed i'm gonna just be so wrong you know whatever but i'll take it puck's peak has passed 
brand stonks high, Femme's still going to win. So my, my question for you then, Bodie, Bodie, I guess you, you seem to be the uh, chief's prognosticator here, so we're going to keep you on the hot, hot seat. Uh, let's talk about Salen del Carmen Alvarado, who is, I believe, a member of the quad squad. She is, yeah. <laughs> yet, and had the perfect OPP coming into nationals. Got she what, fourth she, there? No, she got fourth at Antwerp. So she, I don't think there's okay. anybody with the 100%. All right. Yeah, I mean. It's been hard times for the perfect OPP in the last few weeks. DNF, fourth. She got third at Ben and Norm. And then 15th at Hogerheide. Not her race, right? Historically, we've talked about this before. Not her spot. Like you said, Bill, last week, she clinched the overall beforehand. So could just, you know, write this race off. Um, I unfortunately did not watch or listen to any post-race interviews with her. I know she had a mechanical at one point. She was putting her chain back on. Um, but I'm, I'm not, I'm not seeing a resurgence at Worlds of Alvarado. I I don't, I don't, I think it's going to be someone else in the podium. And should I give my dark horse pick for the podium? Actually, I don't know if it's dark horse pick for the podium or fifth. I'm not sure. But I'm really liking Verdon shot fifth place, maybe fourth place. Ooh, I like that because I thought you were going to come in and just talk about the person that I, I brought this up that this is a person we haven't talked about uh, very much. I thought you were going this direction. You know, she was one of the next big things. She won that World Cup in Overiso when she was super young. You know, she was up there in the conversation with the young guns and then kind of just was okay. Uh, but Blanca Vosh, she's having a moment right now. And if you look at her, um, she just, I, if you look at her, her stonk, she had a couple good races. Then she really like crashed. She went way down, uh, setting up the perfect rising stonk. And her stonk has never been higher. Uh, second place, she had a fifth place in Benendorm, putting her name in the conversation to potentially, I mean, if you're going to overreact, we have the potential to not even have an all-Dutchy podium. That's true. And it could be Blanca Vosh. So actually, I was expecting you to go that route. I like the Verdun shot pick. Uh, I think she's been a, a media pit favorite. Uh, we had the Verdun shot zone. And how cool it would be if the Verdun shot zone was fifth place at Worlds. She's done well at Tabor as well. You know, um, I know she was like in that lead group the last time we were there for the for the World Cup. I think she ended up finishing fifth in that race. And you talking about Voss or Verdun shot? Oh, I'm sorry, Vosh. Is she did she benefit the most coming out of these these Spanish training camps of anyone? Gotta be. I mean, I, we feel like we sort of pegged her as like. I mean, she's bit of a sprinter on the road on, on that SD works team. Um, she probably put in the work and was just like legs came around in time for Hoger Haida and flying. I think, I think we, that Hoger Haida is like not the most technical track, right? I mean, it's kind of, you know, this sort of down, the sort of doing a descent to stairs to the off camber is a, is a pretty interesting combination of features and you can kind of mess it up there, but she was super aggressive on that downhill, like to the stairs, like always going on the inside line, trying to get in front of riders. Um, and I think that Tabor is going to be, should be a faster track. 
you know, not super technical. So I like her. I like her odds uh, at Tabor. Zach, I think that's a good pick too. And I think, yeah, I think I think we're seeing. Yeah, it's interesting looking at her results. Just kind of trying to like un- look at the story of her season and and like how, like, what was it just like? You know, she got injured and then wasn't able to train enough. You know, and didn't have sort of maybe those miles at endurance in that sort of December and then came back after some camps and and was doing well. So she got wings. So I want to talk just a little bit about uh, the race. Bill, we had a situation. So we had Brandon uh, uh, Van Empel at the front and just Van Empel fast track. It seems like similar to Ben and Dorm just couldn't without the technical parts of it. It just seemed really difficult to drop everyone and win going away. We saw this with, you know, Vanderpool too. Uh, But Vosh was, was dangling pretty hard. And then she stuck the dangle. Do we do we have a name for that? Could we call it that? I mean, I know Jamie Driscoll is the dangler, but that just seems like a Driscoll. Like, do we need a name for like when you're dangling, but then you actually make the lead group? Yeah. Well, I mean, but isn't that the? Isn't it, you're not a true dangler unless you're able to do that, right? It's actually she got mm. second. She she made herself. Yeah. But you don't stick it every time. But sometimes no. you're, you're dangling, but you don't make the lead group like, every I time. I think so people, when it does occur. Right. There there are people out there in the general public who have who have have, have uh, um, worshipped these false danglers who kind of hang around for a while but aren't there at the end. Yeah, they're they're like mid-race danglers and that's 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 not it it's it's like you look like you're gonna get dropped at any moment yet comes comes down to that sprint and all of a sudden you're right there and and in the race um i don't know i i I don't know if that's just that is that is the prototypical dangler in itself but i don't know we'll have to explore that's fair yeah i mean i thought it was a, a good effort um so a couple other things uh, I guess looking at Ben and Dorm and then this race, I think you see why Fem Van Empel is nearly impossible to beat, especially in the last lap, right? So at Ben and Dorm, she was behind Puck, and we saw where she just has this explosive acceleration coming out of running the planks, like the ability to take her spot when she wants it. Like if she wants to pass you, you're going to have to do something special because she has that quick snap and ability to do that. Then at Hooterheide, she was third going into the stairs, and ahead of her was Brand on the run, who is getting a step slow. I, I don't know. They're into. They might be into their. You know, they're not stadium, but you know when you're playing like uh, casinos. Uh, Brand on the run <laughs> might be playing. Might be in their playing casinos era. She's just a step. Still got it. Still bringing in the crowds, but you're not selling out stadiums anymore. State fairs, um, and she just ran past. Huh. Yes. Yes. No. No. That's, no. No. That's no. No. Brand- I, no. State fairs is like I feel like it's a level below the casinos. That's I don't not, know. This, I mean, this this is a show in itself because there are some state fairs out there that'll bring in the people still. Like it's still I, a Minnesota good gig. State Fair. Minnesota State Fair brings in the acts. Like you get picked to play the Minnesota State Fair, and you are legit. Like that grandstand is impressive. Right. Yeah. Like Jimmy Buffett was playing the the you know Virginia State Fair, that kind of stuff, and. To say okay, what you will about the guy. I worked at the fair one summer, and I think the headlining act there was Three Dog Night. So, all right. I mean, I guess this is the Del Mar County Fair in San Diego, but uh, all right. Um, so she she ran past both of them, right? Then 
we get to the sprint and lols, you could tell that Blackavash has some work to do because that was the least interesting sprint I've ever seen. I mean, I talk about like Vanderpool last week at Benendorm, like you see the overhead cable cam and like Vosh is like going backwards and Feminempel is just going like millions of miles up the road. So I think you just saw three skills from her in two weeks of winning that just make her very difficult to beat. And it's like tactically, if you're not better, like you have to drop her early on. You have to hope that she makes a mistake and that's a technical race or whatever. But I just don't I don't see how you can beat her. In the last lap, it's very like Vanderpolian. Like she's n- learned her skills and she knows how to deploy them when she needs them to to win races. Yeah, I mean the confidence to come into the final sprint on the front, right? Her whole tactic was to actually get to the front for the sprint. You know, she ran up those stairs, you know, put in burned a match there, right, to get in front, and then was like, I have the confidence then to hit the pavement and do it again. And, and blast off. I think that yeah, that sets her up pretty well for. She was watching. She was watching tape on uh on Wout. <laughs> yeah, so Got to be first. Got to be first yeah. on that off camber. Yep. Even though it's a long sprint. Uh, yeah. No. That that was that was impressive. I got to view that one from up on high on that on that hill. So that was good to I watch. I saw you. Yeah. The, the yeah, my, I saw my you only viewing it from up on high. My own my only issue, and it doesn't matter, but um, I'm fine with big flags on big sticks big bendy sticks just don't put them over the finish line because i have these great photos of a flag and uh, like femme's hand sticking out from the top of it (laughs) (laughs) so did you get i saw there were plants did you get yelled at for walking through the plants i feel like i saw you walking through the plants were you walking through the plants there were the little i tried to i tried to walk around the plants most times once i think i did walk through the plants but i feel like i feel like that in that bed there wasn't you know there were bushes and you could sort of well i don't really tiptoe but you know whatever the equivalent of that in in size (laughs) 14s is yeah, well, you, you, you've got long legs. You, you stepped around like four of them at a time. So, <laughs> um, so my, here's my take on Puck Peterson, uh, Contra Bodie's uh, hot take. So I'm going to go, I'm going to underreact. So I played saxophone in middle school band, right? All right. I um, love this tidbit. I, I love this. I was, I was a middler. I was a middler at playing the saxophone. What seat? I had, what seat? What chair? I was right on the usually on the cusp between first and second chair. There was one second once once I won first chair. We once I was the number one saxophone, but we had this thing where you could like challenge people and people just kept challenging me. And by the end of like three weeks later, I was like fourth chair. They were like, what's this? What's this nonsense? We're talking this guy down. Uh, so I was very much just on the cusp of first and second chair. So very much a middler. But um, our band director would always be like, all right, there's this thing in show business. It's like, all right, look, we're some middle school band. We are not show business. You know, you go to the performance. And it's terrible. Uh, kudos to any parent that goes to a middle school band performance and listens to that. But she's like, the key, and they say this, is to have a terrible performance. Your last performance, your last practice before the big big performance is to be terrible. So the last song that we would play, we would all just do whatever and be like, botch it. She'd be like, all right, we're good to go. So that's my take on Puck Peterson is that, you know, she got rid of the perfect OPP. So there's no pressure there. Uh, she tanked, no pressure to keep riding well. Uh, you know, no pressure to finish second, like she's probably going to do. So the, uh, Puck Peterson is using the showbiz. Have your warm up, have your, uh, your penultimate performance be a stinker. And that's what she's going with. All right. I like that. So the question then, 
before we move on to the men, Zach, for you, if I'm um, assuming you're going Van Empel and you're going Puck, who's your third? Brand. Brand. All right. I'm not going to, yeah, I'm going to stick with her. I mean, she's been racing well. And I think that, uh, I think I made the mistake that one year when I was going to pick her and you went with Brand on the run and I changed my pick and I regretted it. So I'm staying the course. I'm going to react, but not overreact. What do you got fourth? What do you got fifth? You got anything, anything in there, Zach? Oh, I, yeah, I like, uh, like Vosh in that fourth spot. Okay. Um, I'll throw, say, Alvarado. I'd mix it up. Like, we'll throw Alvarado in that fifth spot. I still think the, the, the question is, can anyone upset the quad squad card? Yeah, right. I think and I'm not writing. I'm not going to write Alvarado off, but I think like I just think Brand's going a little bit better right now. I think Puck has shown throughout curse period that she was going pretty good. So uh, I don't know that I want to want to pick against them to make the podium. All right, Bodie, you want to like get your uh, get your top three official? I mean, I think it's it's Femme, it's Brand, um. I wrote Puck um, in third. I got a question mark at fourth, and I put Laura at fifth. So I, I would say, you know, Celine or Vosh in fourth is sort of how I'm feeling it. I, the, 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 I know the you're nice, the moderator, but you got you to gotta jump in here, bud. <laughs> the nice thing about going third is that I can just go out on a limb now. And if I'm wrong, it just doesn't, it doesn't even matter. So... Am, Does anyone I'm, remember our picks anyway? I, I no. feel like no, I, no, literally no one has ever been. Eric Bruner is the only person who holds me accountable for my picks, and Scott Funston, but like no one else has ever been like, "Wow, that was a that was a dud of a." Pick. Okay, well they um, will now. So just they will. Well, now. I know. Good. That's fine. Bill, let's hear it. Puck's winning. Oh, I'm, I'm going. I'm going with Zach's. I'm going with Zach's uh, middle school band. I've been inspired by the middle school band. Puck's taking the win. Fem will be second. I have a question about this analogy, Zach. So did how was your performance after your shitty pre-practice? Well, it was middle school band, so it was terrible. Okay. But like, but like, I mean, objectively, but like subjectively, maybe we were okay. Maybe we had some good ones. You know, I remember playing the William Tell Overture and I don't know what else we played. Uh, that's the only song I remember playing, like in middle school band. So you know, maybe we did a stirring rendition. Oh, we did uh, the also Sprock Zarathustra. I remember we did that once. You know, stirring rendition of that. So you know, we did good. We did good. So I just, I guess I'm, I want to go back to this analogy because, like, I went to film school and then we had like, you know, I directed plays for class and 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 you know, short films, and so you had. I'm thinking what I'm thinking is you, your last your warm up uh, your sort of read through whatever uh, I can't think of the word is is bad because you're trying new things. It's like one last effort of trying new stuff before the big show. And, and so I'm just wondering then, you know, what did Puck try at Hogerheide that she was like, OK, that doesn't work, you know, and, and I'll be I'll sort of fix it for worlds. But I, I, don't, I don't actually know because I didn't think about this before while watching it. So that's my thought and maybe why how you could sort of have a really bad last like lead up to the to the big show is 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 trying something different. So who knows? So maybe maybe, maybe. I like that you analyze that. I think it was just superstition of, you know, some of that. OK. Like- go break a leg kind of thing but i you know what i actually really like that you did the the analysis and that's a good question what did what did or didn't puck try that put her in a bad spot so 
All right, so we got two picks. All right, so we got your top two. Yeah, Puck shocks the world. Uh, femme, something happens. Or maybe she's just beaten. Maybe she's beaten. On a good okay. day, head-to-head, she just gets beat. Doesn't take her into a okay, sprint. Okay, third, fourth, fifth. Yeah. And uh, third, I'm, 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 I'm bringing Alvarado back. Alvarado third. Uh, we'll just go chalk here. Lucinda's going to be fourth in the, in the quad squad. And, yeah, I don't know who's going to be fifth. I can, only, I can only predict those top four. Okay, is I don't know on third or second? <laughs> no, I don't know is on fifth. Yeah, he's got the quad squad up there. I think he's I think he's pitching. Okay. <laughs> uh, so for the so for the men folk, uh, I guess just to keep with this, Vanderpool's going to win. We all acknowledge that. I think I think like even a slow ride knows that Vanderpool is going to win. I feel like even they could swoop in and be like. You know, be like, yeah, we think Vanderpool's going to win, and their take would be generally correct. You know, won twelve out of his thirteen races this year, but for a uh, inadvertent polling, would have won thirteen. And then for second place, I just have a giant shrunky. I don't know. I think that this is what we need to overreact to. If every th- there was something prime for overreacting, who's stunk? Is on the rise because it's been all over the place, right? We started the season, we anointed the second coming of, you know, Cyclocross Jesus and Tebow Ness, <laughs> and then he was terrible for most of the rest of the season after Copenberg. We had Pim in there. He was stealing Mr. November from Ailey. I think he won twice in November and Ailey, but Mr. November also won a couple times in November. And then we had the resurgence of the beard. And then, you know, we've just had like all this stuff. And then Ailey goes and wins Belgian nationals. It's been all over the place. It's, I use the analogy. It's like in one of the seasons in college basketball where whoever's number one just doesn't want to win. In this case, it's number two, right? Because they're number two to Matthew. But it's like where the number one team just loses every single week. It's like, yeah, you had a good couple weeks. You lose. New number one. You lose. Uh, but again, in case this case, it's number two. So who are you overreacting to? Well, let's, if we look at, Tabor historically and and the guy that we were talking about sort of coming into form late in the season. Such good vibes for Michael Van Torn out at Tabor, right? This was this was kind of that breakout win for him. I believe possibly his first World Cup win in 2020, where he uh was able to beat Ailey. Um so that's got to be some. Oh shoot, Wout was in that race as well. So you know, I mean, that's that's got to be a guy you're looking at. But then after that, this has kind of been the 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 king the kingdom of as Michael would say the short kings. We got Lars and Ailey both uh, winning the next two versions of of Tabor. Uh, so we've we've talked about on all Dutch podium all year long i think that either ailey or michael will will break into that and and save the day for now how do you feel i how do you Uh, feel about mikey v and ailey on the podium wouldn't that be wild no way i mean so well no way 100 percent, no way but wouldn't that be crazy if we're like yoris pim Maybe even some the name Tebow is ringing out these days. Like, would that be would that be the biggest trade team fail 
at Worlds that we've seen. Just the the Lions have just ruled the year, right? I mean, we look at Hoger Hyde yesterday. I like the I the, the one photo I liked that I I posted was uh was Vanderpool it just sort of worming his way into a Lions team ride. You know, there was like Ailey was like a little farther back and it was just four Lions and and Vanderpool. I mean, these guys have been at the front of every race. If they if they're just like shut out at Worlds, that would be something. Who can I borrow that for my for my my overreaction post? I didn't get that I didn't get that angle. Can I borrow that? Right, Absolutely. BRB um, hitting the hitting the edit button <laughs> here after the the record. That's a great point though, Bill. Like I mean, the Lions pick one, right? Like it was Pim, it was Yoris, I think is the man uh of late. Uh and then then Tebow. Tebow <laughs> is is Tebow Ness back? Can you be back like when you only had two ra- like three races of being here? Well, according to well, I don't know. I mean, it's good you asked it as a question because evidently in his edit, so did he. I think sort of looking at uh, that men's I, one, it was interesting that the Lions were they were not uh, riding as a team on Hoga Hyde. It seemed like there was a lot up for stakes, uh, up for grabs um, in the World Cup overall. Right? We saw when Nyes went with Vanderpool. Uh, which kudos to to Tebow for being able to do that. Uh, who chased him down? Yoris, right? It wasn't sort of like let Ellie come to the front and try to close that gap. You know, it's like no. And I think at one point, uh, Nice chased down Lars, and and I think they was sort of going for the overall. And I mean, also you have you know that's two Dutch, you know Yoris and Pim, and then you have. And then Lars, three three Dutch, and then you have Tebow on the Belgian squad. So sort of looking at some of the maybe tactics for Worlds. And my my way of looking at the men's podium is two Dutch, one Belgium. Um, one Belgian. So I, I've got Vanderpool on top, and then I've got a Dutch and a Belgian guy in second and third. Um, I think, you know, recency bias. I'm looking at large Lars, i.e., Yoris, um, I like I like him, but both both Yoris and, and and Pim are like are they're up and down, right? They're so hot and cold. Like last week, Yoris got thirteenth, so it's really hard. So this is my this is my cop out. Uh, Dutchy Dutch rider, and then Belgian. Is it is it is it Ellie coming good who got fourth? Is it is it Tebow or is it is it Van now who looked really good at, at Hama the uh, the day before, um, but. Not so great um, at Hogarhead. I want to. I want to correct you, Michael. I think, I, although I, I'm pretty sure it was Euros, but it might have been Pim in an interview that I saw when they were, you know, people were asking the exact question that you just said about them not racing as a team, and he he set the record straight. I'm pretty sure it was Euros. He was like. We did race as a team. Everybody went as fast as they could, and it just all sorted itself out. <laughs> okay. But isn't that cyclocross? I mean, I guess so. I mean, I mean, so they I swept two through four. I think it's funny, so. though, that they're like, they're like you, have, you have the numbers here, and you really didn't take advantage of it. They're like, no, we did. We just all went really fast. I mean, technically, it did work out, right? Because they got second, third, fourth, and they relegated right. sauces to fifth because they're not going to get first. So, yeah. So... I want to I, I know we're overreacting to this this weekend, but we've had like this this 
Vanderpool era, uh, <laughs> to use a Taylor Swift reference, because everyone is doing the she can't, you know, Taylor Swift. Sorry, she gets a claim era. Come on, get out of here. Uh, everyone's doing it right now. Everyone's jumping on I think Lauren that. Sweck. I think Lauren Sweck claimed era long before she did. Okay. Uh, so anyway, we're was having... It, wasn't that this, the team? Era, the realty sponsor? Oh, I don't remember. Uh, yes. Leave it to Bill to have the great Bill. call back. Yep. Uh, the original era. So of the Vanderpool era, right? So we have the top non-Dutchie, right? That's an award that we've we've coined. I think even the Bolton, we did an analysis of it. So I'm coining a new award to try to make sense of who's going good during this Vanderpool era. Called the top non-Wowdy. Okay? So top non-Wowdy. Um, also, doesn't include Pitcock, but whatever. He's just been irrelevant for the most part this season. So, thirteen races, twelve of them won by Vanderpool, the other one won by Wout. Uh, so, still qualifies for the top non-Woutie. So, who would you guess is the leader in the clubhouse? To borrow a uh, golf term, the top non-Woutie's this season. What are your vibes telling you? Wait, define what that means. Uh, the top finisher who isn't Vanderpool, who's racing at Worlds, and who isn't Wout. Who is well, he's not is well racing at worlds, thus the top non wowdy and throughout Pickock, but he's I think 0.125 of the big three. I'm going easier beat who always just seems to be there, yeah. Even even when we're done talking about him, he's just still there. Okay, Bill's guess is uh, Bill's pick is easier beat. I'm saying Yoris Bodie Bodie is the winner. Yoris has four top non wowdies. Uh, Mikey V, Pim, and Ezer Beat all have two. And then our boy Yanni jumped in there, Vermeersht his way in, and Niels Vandeputta went on the board, and Lars has one. So, I mean, the the results, including the most recent result, suggests Yoris is the Dutch in Bodie's amorphous three-person podium. The second yeah. Dutch. Well, we know who the top Dutch is. So we right. know Vanderpool. He's the Dutch in Bodie's amorphous podium. I also want to, you know, Mikey V last week, I said he was in a position to be in a position. And I think Ryan Camp, uh, and, and really he continued it, right? Because Mikey V was the top non wowdy at Hama on Saturday. And I think, how are we feeling about Ryan Camp and his butt shorts, putting his butt shorts into Mikey V on the planks and really ending... Does that derail? Because I feel like the pick would be Mikey V. I mean, if Mikey V had survived that, made the Lions group ride, finished second, you'd be like, this guy has all the vibes, right? He finished. He won a race. He was the top non-Wowdy at Benendorm and at Hama. And then Camp just kind of derailed it. So do, did Camp derail the Mikey V hype train by biffing the barriers into Mikey V? Yes. <sighs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm so. I, I mean, I was Mikey V say, has vibes right now. Should he be the pick for Belgium, well, Belgi on here, the Bel- Bodie podium, the podium? Should he be pick, the pick for Belgi on the podium? I like that. So one. funny you say the boat. That's okay. So the podium is a thing, and 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 my buddy Zach is going to be so happy that we're talking about the podium. <laughs> but apparently, the podium is everybody older than me. So like, one day older than me, the top people older than me i think the podium should include my age and up but anyway so if we so vander vander now got taken out had a you know had that issue i'm pulling up lap times um 
looking at his like last three laps, not comparable with the the top of the race. So I don't know that like if, if those lap times would have matched the front of the race and I'd be like, all right, maybe he is the man. Um, but once he got taken out, he might have been hurt or whatever and slowed him down. But I'm not I'm not seeing that he's he's going to make it. It's probably Ellie. But he also, I mean, he he put in he put in some work at Hama the day before. I mean, he was he was trying to stay on Vanderpool's yeah. wheel for sixty minutes. So at at that point, he's like, I'm not winning anything here. I'm not podiuming. Then maybe maybe we'll just kind of get some get some cool down laps in. Ooh, I like. I've never I've never been a big lap time guy. I know there are a lot of people out there who are lap time acolytes. So I actually, but I do appreciate you bringing some lap, lap time truther into this conversation <laughs> uh, to try to determine if one should overreact. So I like it in this situation. But I like vi- vibes based, I like I like the vibes. I like the I like the Mikey V vibes. He's can he's, vibes be derailed by butt shorts? Can vibes be derailed? That's what I want to know. Can can butt shorts derail? No vibes. Okay, then I've changed okay. my opinion. No, no vibes. Vibes cannot be derailed. No, you know actual performance possibly okay uh so did we make our picks Bodie made his picks i'm going vanderpool like yours i just tough to pick against the beard i think the beard has been going good and i'm gonna go with our short king you know our short king if Bodie had a bronze at world streak tweet uh eliezer beat would be on the bronze at world streak tweet with two and I like our I've been on the Ailey Userbeat train all year. I like Userbeat in third to continue to make it three in a row, finishing third at Worlds. I'm going uh Vanderpool, Van Turnout, and Pim in third. Ooh, Van Turnout, I'll have in second. All right. I want to ask Bodie. So we've analyzed all of this. We've looked over the landscape. Uh, who won the weekend <laughs> besides the photographers? Oh, and it has on. to be, it has to be someone, Nathan Schneeberger was not there. It has to be someone who rode a bike. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. Who won the weekend it has to be someone who rode the bike, oh, man. Well, you know, I want to go back to another deep cut, um, but I can't because my deep cut I was going to pick Merrick Conwa because he was on the way to um, having a stellar performance until he got derailed. Um, you know, obviously winners are Vanderpool and Femme, but that's that's not anything new. Um, I, I I think Vosh. I think Vosh won the weekend. I think that her sort of resurgence, she's back in our, uh, in our hearts and minds. We're talking about her. She rode aggressively. Um I think she's coming into good form in the world. So I think she won the weekend. That was my pick, too. So I like that oh. pick. Well, we agree. Vosh is the winner of the weekend. Sounds good. Okay. So we have our, our picks for the elite women and men. We know who won the weekend. I think, uh, you know, Vanderpool may be a close second to, to winning winning that weekend. He uh, made dad happy by staying 
letting the group stay with him for most of the race before leaving. Did the same thing at Hama too. I mean, this is a whole, this is, he is, he is, he is entering, I'm sure he would not like this comparison. He is entering his Sven Ness phase of just, <laughs> just hanging out in the pack before, before winning the race, putting on a show. It's, he's, he has graduated from the, I get paid to win bike races. I'm sure his 401k is solid. All of his investments are good. He doesn't, he doesn't need to make any money anymore. So now he can go out and just enjoy the bike or not enjoy the bike race. Actually give back. He's giving back. This is, this is Matthew Vanderpool's charitable years. <laughs> wow. Where he's giving back to the fans <laughs> and the other riders, letting them, letting them have, have some time, having some time with the world champion from, with are you joke. saying that, are you saying this is the benevolent Matthew Vanderpool era? <laughs> it is. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so, I think the only other business, if we want to do it, is to uh, talk about the other categories. Just maybe some quick fire through the other categories uh, before we uh, get out of here and send Zach off to work. Yeah, so I think for U23 women, right, it's going to be Zoe Banger. or it's going to be Schreiber. Oh. And they're like eight to seven head to head this year. Like, I mean, there's other people there. I mean, we got we got Benfield. Who, uh, who finished? Who finished like? I, I don't know. I mean, who's been finishing like fourth and fifth in races? I, I mean, okay. Schreiber, right? Like Schreiber <laughs> had the good race to beat Zoe. Uh, but I think they're the top two. Although, I mean, don't want to do Holmgren cancellation. I think both Holmgren and I, both the Holmgren and I had good races uh, at Hoogerheide yeah. as well. They were up there uh, in the top 10 and knocking at the door. But I mean, I think like Schreiber and as until proven otherwise, those two have literally been at the front of the elite races. They're riders that we're talking about, and they're incredibly even matched uh, so far this season. Am I forgetting about someone? Is there someone? No, else I think there? you got. I think even the Hogerheide results, if you filter them down to the U23, which of course we have to do in the women because they still don't have their own race. Uh, Zoe Backstead first, Marie Schreiber second, uh, Zeminova was third, Isabella Holmgren was fourth. She seems to like this uh, venue. Um, Lanny Benfeld was fifth. Ava Holmgren was sixth. So we could have a good so, podium chase. Yeah, could I mean, Zem- yeah. I, I think it's going to be, a, I think this is going to be a good, I mean, on paper, it looks like a really good race, like a banger of a race. Um, I'm excited for it um, to see, I mean, you know, Zemanova also just riding really strong. Yeah. Got some strong Americans in there too. I mean, it should be good. I'm picking Schreiber. Men's U23. Who's in the U23 men's race? Well, Tibor Del Grosso is going to win. That was my pick. Easily. Yeah, this is a guy who I think think he's making the right decision by racing the U23s, but really could go up there and be a factor in in the elite races. We saw him do it. We saw him leading elite races this year already. So the the guy's a talent. So I think Del Grosso is going to be going to win this and – then it's kind of a kind of a toss up from there, you know. I mean, pick pick your guy. Uh, I I will just homer this one and and shout out Strohmeyer, who was fifth yesterday in a photo finish, sprinting for fourth. Uh, really, you know, I think he on Instagram making my Philadelphia heart proud by uh, saying that he was just trusting the process. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> and a nice, you know, good training camp, good race in Benidorm, could just sort of move him back up, likes to bore as well. You know, I mean, we always talk about him sprinting Pim Ronar for the fifth and sixth place there in the last time there was a World Cup in Tabor. So, you know, it would be good to see him back there. But yeah, I think that uh, he, 
something's gonna have to go wrong for Del Grosso not to not to take the win. Yeah, I mean, it's like, I don't know, I, I guess one thing that was, I mean, I know it's not good for development. One thing that was nice about the pandemic year is that there were no U23 races, so we got to know some of the men. I think that is one of the, as fans, it makes the U23 women's race more interesting that these riders who are capable actually of podiuming in the elites have to race, you know, so it's at least names that we know. And I think, you know, you don't have to, like, go out of your way too much as a fan to, like, have an opinion and be excited and be able to make picks uh, a little tougher in the U23 race because they have been, the men have been having their own races, but then yeah, the juniors are just like, yeah, I don't know. They race at like 11 AM, which is like 2 AM or whatever here stateside. Um, I don't know if that has a point. Do we want to, here's, here's, here's the last category that, that we could do here. Uh, the start list for the relay hmm. have been released. Dutchies are out. Right? Dutchies are out after winning last year. And I was trying to remember who won in Fayetteville. It was... It was the Italians. Okay. Um, Okay. I'm surprised. UCI, I mean, you could just tell that the UCI is not an American sports organization because, you know, Adam Silver would be like knocking at the door of... Who did you say the coach? Did we have the... the, Was it... Didn't you know the coach, Bodie? Of the Dutch. Oh, oh, uh, di- uh oh, gosh, I, yeah, that guy. He's they'd be knocking the at the last yeah, Dutch yeah. champion that wasn't a Lars or Matthew. Yeah, he'd be on the phone and be like, You're gonna feel the team, and we're gonna make up some fine that didn't exist before, and you're gonna pay it. Yeah, why, why did they get a not? Why would what, what's what? I don't know. We speculate why they're not doing it. They won it once. They, they, I feel like they skipped it the first year at Fayetteville when it was sort of the um, wasn't official, right? It was a what do you call that? Gosh, it's a test event. It was, yeah, it was just sort of like a test event. Test event, and then they came out last year. They won it. They're like, okay, we'll do your little thing. We're gonna win it, and now we're just done. We're like, screw you guys, or what's what's the scoop? No, they're focusing on their podium sweep. Okay, so I don't know. If, if we look at men's elite. I think it's inter- uh, Van Tornout's racing for Belgium. Belgium's looking looking to get this thing done. So Who's got the shoe been. sitter? Who are they going with for for the women? Are they? T- is it the Verdun shot zone? It is not. Sane. Sane got Whoa. the Whoa. Oh, no, man. You, you yeah. know that this is... An, oh, man. I, I, that, to me, that's just like, oh, she's in her... She's in her legacy era. But why isn't... My question is, why is Cheryl just... A shoe sitter who I think is fast racing instead of Floor Moore. Oh, wait, no, Floor Moore might be U23 now. Yeah, it was Julie Browers. Why? I thought that she was the up and coming next thing in Belgium. So interesting. Well, I, I think like a scratch. The, yeah, I feel like the Dutch, you know, they tried to, we tried to make Fetch happen. We tried to make Team Relay happen. I just don't know that, doesn't seem like Team Relay has vibes among the teams the way it does in mountain bike it just seems like it's steve bar's gotta, racing it i was gonna say steve bar checking out the okay Czechia so anyway team. like <laughs> this is yeah it's like oh that's cool like sonicant like give her you know it's her last worlds give her another race it's steve bar's last worlds you know katarina nash was heading up the czech team in her last worlds at fayetteville it's just not a i don't it's it just zach have you looked at the start list for the the relay no Okay, guess who the American elite man is. Just, 
Just curious if you can guess. Uh, Funston. Yep. You got it. Yeah. 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 Maybe. And that seems that seems great. I feel like Funston is like Happy Fun Ball is like what you it, he's built for the relay. That's you know who's, I, I'll tell you who's winning this. Okay, it's this hands down. Who's winning? Uh, the Brits. Oh, easy. Not even a not even a competition. Cam oh. Mason. Yeah, is racing. Uh, it's Cam Mason, Cat Ferguson, Zoe Backstead, Anna Kay, Oscar Amy, and Cornyn Carrick Anderson. Okay, Brits. I mean, that's <clears throat> assuming everybody you know comes around. Mason has like uh, the up race as opposed to the boat. The, the uh, he is Cameron Mason is a binary. Like there's no there's no gray area. There's no middle ground. It's either the guy is the best out there or the guy's at the back of the pack. There's just no, nothing. So as long as he has that, you know, he puts in that one Cam Mason lap, then yeah, I, I don't I don't see who else is going to be hanging with them unless Van Tornout just puts like two minutes into everyone on the, his lap. Yeah, I mean, I, I I'm I'm looking at the Belgian team. I'm liking the Belgian team. So I don't know. Could be. I mean, is this going to be broadcast? I feel like no. No. We're, okay. That's a bummer. Yeah. All right. Uh, did we do it? Are we all we prepared it. for Worlds? Anything yeah, else sucks. we need to cover? Yeah. We, of course, there's one more thing. Of course. Of course. We need to talk about probably the most important thing that happened uh, on Sunday, and that was the Matthew Vanderpool gender reveal. I So I just... This is probably a slow ride bit, and they're probably they're probably they probably did it or they're doing it. I'm just like, I'm just kind of thinking of what other like reveals can you have your pro athlete friends do? Uh, what other situations can you get gender reveals in that don't involve fireworks and like like poisonous materials, coloring streams? Like I like this I like this idea the winning a race. It's it is harder to come by a friend who is a dominant world champion who can win a bike race on TV and and flash a sign, but it's, a, it's an interesting way of doing it. Or, yeah. So, you know, we all know that the, the, the innovations have, in skin suits have come a long way in that we now have pockets in, in skin suits. So he could have gone. Who was, who was the Tour de France rider with the pacifier for his kid? Pulled out the pacifier from the back of his um, kit. I, I think that he could have he gone that. But that would have been, you know, he could have had like the, a blue or a pink pacifier and done, done that route. That would have been something. Yes, I think he should have. I think he should have ridden with a confetti cannon. You know, like how you ride with a with the mini pump in the back of your kit. Just ride with that the entire race, and then pull out the confetti cannon at the end and blow it up. So, like a little bit of both. You know, keep the the way of blowing stuff up and doing the colors. Um, I opportunity. I, I'm sure that he probably would have. I'm sure that's illegal no uh, to ride with a uh, mini pump. I, I like kit, this idea, but I like this idea, Zach. That like, there's some Dutch rider out there who was like, no one knows about me, or like it's you know maybe it's a U23 race or junior race, and they're not gonna blow the canyon f- the 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 cannon for me. So I'm bringing it in my own race, and that rider comes across the line and pops it. Yes, that they can ride through. Uh, this is great. I mean, he could have, yeah, we could have talked to Dutch confetti cannon guy and had him do colored stuff. Is this, Bill, is Dutch confetti cannon guy still there? That was, I remember that, that is a, uh, yes, that is a, they don't do that in Europe bit. That goes way back. Yeah, no, that's, that's still happening. That happened at Hama. Uh, that was, that was funny because that's, I, in my, 
write-up that I posted, you can see the confetti for Vanderpool, and he's, like, already done. Like, he's already basically on his cool-down by the time that they uh, do the confetti because he was, like, obligatory post-up, done, going it, saving it for tomorrow, you know, for the gender reveal. Um, yeah, but it's still it's still happening. What uh, Another one... Another one could have been uh, pulling a flag or a banner from from some a fan oh. so I just have like a like a like a plant and then just being able to like like unfurl it above you like like I you like would it. with your country's I flag like that as but well. it just says That's it's really a girl. Good. All right. We'll be back after worlds. I got to go to work. See you then. <laughs>